This episode of Standard Orbit is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program for the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. Want to join the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. This is Walter Koenig, Chekhov from Star Trek, and you're listening to Trek FM. Risk is our business. It's like nothing we've dealt with before. Golly, Jim, I'm beginning to think I can cure a rainy day. I can't change the laws of physics. Now in standard orbit, sir. Welcome, everyone, to Standard Orbit, Trek FM's dedicated podcast that covers the original and new cast of Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. I'm Ken Tripp. And I am Zach Moore. And traditionally, season three of the original series is considered the worst season of the original series. And controversially, season seven of The Next Generation, you know, it's got, it gets flack from people sometimes. What are you doing talking about TNG, man? Well, because we have many special guests today. They get... Yeah. But they get really mad when we talk about TNG. But, but, but they're here now, so it's fine. We have, we have, oh. we're, we're happy to be joined by the extra great crew from Earl Grey. We have Mr. Justin Oser, Miss Amy Nelson, and Mr. Richard Marquez. What's up, guys? Hello. Hey. Hey. Doing well. Thanks for calling so, us extra great, and you guys are super outstanding. See, look what we did there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so yeah, this is a, this is a fun crossover. Uh, we haven't done one of these in a while, so we got a full we got a full bridge today. We got five five hosts, so this will be a lot of fun. So this is something we were talking about. Um, gosh, this has been in the works for a little bit behind the scenes. We were talking about you know season three being the last season of the original series, and season seven being the last season of the next generation. You know, as the show goes on over time. You run out of steam, you start to recycle ideas, you know, it's not as fresh and new and as exciting as it might have been, and like the glory days have passed as far as shows go. Now, for TNG, it was more of a, you know, from that perspective, it's they're gearing up for the movie, you know, they're starting Deep Space Nine, Voyager's a, a seed in somebody's mind, you know, so, so focus is being, you know, shifted from TNG over to these other projects. TOS, they were fighting cancellation. They had been canceled at this point, by all intents and purposes, they got moved to the Friday night death slot. So different angles here, but we just wanted to look at, you know, maybe compare the last two seasons and have a little bit of March madness. This is March, you know, basketball, college basketball, NCAA fun stuff. So uh, we're having what we're going to call Trek madness. And we're going to go down our worst and our best episodes from TOS and TNG, a two part podcast here. Uh, first part will be here on Standard Orbit, and then we'll follow up with our second part over on Earl Grey. Now, Amy has done a lot of work on this, making brackets and lists, and so I'm going to pass the, the mic over to her and let her kind of explain what we'll be doing here over the next two episodes. Well, very excited. Have been trying to get all of my Star Trek watching, especially TOS. And so what I did since, and we were going we're gonna to do a head-to-head. 
So um, I organized based off of Trek ranks, um, the worst episodes going up to the best for each season, one for TOS and TNG. So we're going to take a look at uh, the first 12 being the worst and then the best 12. And we are just going to have our picks and then we will decide the winner and we will see who had the better final season of Star Trek. Yeah, I think we have a little advantage here because there's three of us and two of you, though, right? <laughs> we'll try to be objective. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> well, it, it is it is funny, too, you know, because we, we, we draw the lines by our shows. But I, I can candidly say that I, I love TNG. Uh, Zach, is, Zach has already you know, admitted on Twitter, I've seen it, that TNG is his favorite series of all time. Oh, he saw it, guys. I told you not to tell him. <laughs> yeah, I saw okay. it. So I, I think that that being objective amongst this team is is pretty good. I, I know we have a lot of friend with fun with each other going back and forth, and uh, we kind of stick to what we talk about. But you know, I you know I've never really sat back and said, "Hey, episode to episode, which is better?" I've never done a complete analysis to say which weighs more. I mean, because there's so many differences. But historically, TOS is the foundation and the grandfather of them all doesn't mean it necessarily is the best of them all. And I do get that. So I think we can get through this pretty okay. good. Yeah. And but before we really jump into it, I think Ken and I both agree season three, you know, it's, it's, it's the not as good season of, of TOS. It's the worst season of three. You know, if you had to pick a worse, that would be the mm -hmm. bottom. A season seven of TNG, my opinion, honestly, I rank it last. I think, I think all good things and like parallels and the Pegasus were great. Other than that, you got a lot of filler. You know, you got a lot of like, Family, the, the family, the family season, reunion, right? As you guys have called me out as saying, as I, as I said, I'm from there to hear a lot. So, but but where do you guys rank? I'm just curious before we jump into it all. Where do you guys rank the season seven in the, in the greater picture of TNG? Well, I, I there's actually like if I found actually as watching through this that I'd like quite a bit in in season seven. It's not last for me. Uh, probably one or two is because there are some issues with those. Although there's a lot I love in season one or two, so it's probably. Uh, third from the bottom for me, but I think it's still a really strong season of, of the next generation. What about you, Richard? Uh, it's definitely not last. See, that's season one and two. I saved those two spots for those two seasons, but uh, <laughs> um, I probably I probably rank it in the middle. Uh, so yeah, probably, probably third or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Hey. Now, I. You, why are you hating on season one and two? I'm not hating on season one and two. I love. I've talked about. I love a lot of season one or two, but it is weaker compared to the other seasons. Yes. That's it, all if you if you had to compare all the other uh, TNGs, yes. Okay. Exactly. Still a lot not that I love season about it. I'm not two. I draw it. the line at season two. <laughs> so I will. I will here. give you season one and season seven that those probably are the worst. I don't. I haven't looked at it, you know, line by line, but I would That's say for another show. We can break it down <laughs> season seven is, I mean, it's, it's a pendulum. It's either amazing or not so amazing. So I, I the swing is so great with season seven. So gotcha. we'll, we'll see how, how the matchups line up over here with here with TOS season three. So. so should we start with our number 24? Yes. Is that how we're doing it? Okay, great. So uh, the first matchup here, number 24, uh, because there are 24 episodes of TOS season three, 
and there are 26 episodes of TOS uh, TNG. That's a train, by the way. Uh, so I live close to a train. Oh no, something's wrong with the holodeck. The <laughs> Orient. <Yeah. laughs> Let's get off the sea. Look at outside. There. Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys. <laughs> Which is in season seven. That is so good. Uh, so anyway, what we're doing here is uh, uh, we're going to do our mashups of uh, the 24 episodes of TOS season three and the 26 episodes of TNG season six. Gambit is a two-parter. That counts as one. All Good Thing is a two-parter. That counts as one. So they lined up perfectly for us to do 12 and 12. So we're starting with, from the bottom, we're starting with uh, number 24 all the way at the 13 here on Standard Orbit. And then tomorrow, on our old gray, we'll do 12 to number one. So let's get started. Number 24. Um, and I, you know, looking at what was ranked last for each TOS and TNG, I 100% agree. And this is a very hard round. Uh, and the Children Shall Lead versus Sub Rosa, two of the most infamous episodes of the franchise. Uh, Ken, you go first. Which, well, why which... don't you remind the listeners and the Children Shall Lead? Yeah, we were, okay, that, that, that might that's be helpful to do just like a little recap just of a each tiny... That's an excellent point. Like I yeah. two said. So, and the Children Shall Lead, uh, you have a alien called the Gorgon. He controls your fears, uh, kills off an entire colony. Only the children survive. They summon this creature, and his objective is to use the children to take over the Enterprise and the galaxy, and they do really weird hand movements as well as Richard is doing. <laughs> shake weight, shake weight. Uh, they some great ones, yes. So, yeah. Oh, God, not that one. <laughs> so Rosa, as uh, Dr. Crusher's grandmother dies, so she goes to her funeral, and... Uh, Begins an intimate relationship with her grandmother's ghost boyfriend. Yeah, that about sums it up. <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> well, we we can let you guys do the summaries for TNG. <laughs> no, I think I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be biased. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you did it perfectly. So based off those two descriptions, what would you, what would you rather see, listeners? So, okay, you guys, you guys. You guys know what Subrosa is about, so uh, so that. But yes, we, we should do that. We'll, we'll have a little bit, a little kernel summary for y'all, so you guys some because this is a lot of episodes. I know we're talking, and, and a lot of these titles can be confusing, like Firstborn and Bloodlines. Like oh, I get confused with that one exactly. all the time. Um, but anyway, so so those are yeah. those, those are episodes, and the Children Shall Lead or Subrosa. Ken, you're up first of these two episodes. What is better? What is better? Oh God, that's so hard. The lesser of two exactly. evils here. Yeah, the lesser of two evils in my in in my opinion was and the children shall lead, and the only reason I'm saying that is um, when they when they pull in kids and all that stuff, it always makes me a little queasy or uncomfortable. But I always I just the factor in trying to get little kids to act and to do certain things, I thought that that's the only reason. Otherwise, I I, I it would have been too hard. But that that's that's why I picked that one. Yeah, I know we're biased on TOS, but I'm going to go with and the Children Shall Lead as well because, you know, there's a there's a good idea here. Uh, the execution is poor. I think the idea of Dr. Crusher getting uh, romantic, we'll say, with uh, her grandmother's ghost boyfriend is just ridiculous. <laughs> and it's, it's just, and it's got some really odd scenes in there too. You know, like uh, when she's like in her quarters with the candle and stuff and it's just awkward and it's uncomfortable to watch and i would rather watch in the children's child lead and the children's child lead is so bad it's good you know unsolved rosa just 
uncomfortably bad. So that's why my vote goes for Anne the Children Shelby. But they're both bad. To be clear. <laughs> they're both bad. Yeah. Yes, yes. There's a reason they're both 24. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Justin, what, what's your pick, my friend? Well, yeah, so here's the perspective I'm going to look at it. So I, I rewatched just about all of these episodes, and which one did I enjoy more? They're, 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 they're both not good. They're both bad in, in their way. But I'm going to actually take Sub Rosa, and here's why. So, and the children shall lead. They keep going through these hand gestures and taking people over, and Gorgon is ridiculous. Like, I, when I watch And the Children Shall Lead, it's like torture. It's really, really difficult to watch it and enjoy it, and it was a struggle to watch the whole thing. Subrosa, on the other hand, there's a certain, like, campiness to it that I totally enjoyed. Like, this time around watching it, I actually enjoyed it. So I'm going to have to go with Subrosa because I liked watching it more. Even though I recognize it's not very good, I just enjoyed it. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, that's a fair. That's a fair way to judge it, Justin. Absolutely. Yeah, it what about you, Richard? What's your What's your vote? Oh man, Sub Rosa. I really think it was a mismatch because I actually like um, "And the Children Shall Lead" better <laughs> or more. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it should have been matched up with Spock's brain or something like that. But yeah, um, especially when you when you go up against something like Sub Rosa. Yeah, I had to switch teams on that on this one. <laughs> All right, we got we got we got the, the swing vote. We're we're one big Star Trek team on this one, Richard. Don't worry, there's going to be some flips right, both I'm ways. Sure trust me. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> All right, Amy. Uh, I guess at this point your vote yep, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's a moot point. <laughs> but uh, but who? What, what would you vote for? Uh, well, listening to what each of you had to say, Zach, I really do agree with you that Subrosa is uncomfortable. Um, and, but then I keep thinking, but it's a different life form and it's, you know, we call it a ghost, but it is a different entity. Um, and, but then listening to Justin, I, I do enjoy Sub Rosa. So I'm going to have to go with Sub Rosa. All right. Fair enough. So, uh, TOS wins three to two first round. I like, I like how this is going, Ken. (laughs) (laughs) you're not gonna like the next one (laughs) oh man all right so the next one uh round 23 we call these rounds i guess or i'll just yeah call them rounds round 23 is uh plato's stepchildren versus interface uh plato's stepchildren is the episode where they they find a uh planet where everyone is influenced by greek society because they went to earth once and hung out with plato for a little bit and they call themselves Plato's children for some reason. Uh, basically, they had a lot of Greek props in the prop room, and they decided to use those. Uh, but they have telekinetic powers, and they force the crew to do ridiculous things uh, to each other. And But it does have the historical significance of the first interracial kiss. So let's not forget that. Uh, Interface is an episode where Jordy's uh, parents, um, his mom and his dad. So uh, also, we get to see LeVar Burton without a visor, which is cool. Um, but uh, in classic uh, Star Trek fashion, all is not what it seems. An alien is masquerading as his his mom uh, to to further its own ends. So that's those are the. I think those are some pretty balanced summaries, guys. If you yes. ask me, for each episode, um, mm-hmm. Ken, you go first. Plato, Self Children, or Interface? Which did you pick of these two? Uh, interface by about a million. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Maybe, maybe two. Uh, you're right about the significance of the first interracial kiss. It doesn't take away from the bigotry towards uh, little little people, smaller people. Um, it, it's it's horrible. I can't watch that episode. I I try, and I am embarrassed for the actors even even performing it and and what they. What they, what, that's all I have to say. I'm moving on. Yep. Uh, interface by, by a lot. Sorry. Yeah, I have to agree. Interface is, you know, it's boring. I think it's, 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 it's in my opinion, from, uh, I just think it's a little boring as an episode. But uh, I do like seeing, you know, the extended family of the career. It's a criticism I give it. Jordy is a character who is really underdeveloped throughout the seven years. So it's nice to see, just see something from his life. And then again, seeing LeVar Burton at the Pfizer School, I'm sure he enjoyed that because, you know, uh, he has very expressive eyes and it's cool to see to see his face for a change. Um, yeah, play to sell children, although they try to say, hey, look, aren't we inclusive in the Federation? We're not going to, you know, uh, persecute you because you're small. And then they end the episode with some joke about, hey, sonny, we got a little surprise for you. And it's like, oh, way to undercut your whole point, uh, Star Trek. So plus all the ridiculous, like Kirk running around like a horse and Spock tap dancing, it's it's frankly embarrassing, and my vote is for interface. Oh, I got to go see a counselor now. Wait, there's one here. <laughs> there we go. Problem up. So, uh, Richard or Justin or Amy, let's. I get. We'll stick to the order that we've been going. In. We should mix it up. <laughs> we should go. We should go backwards. Yeah. To yes, because yeah, we don't want Amy to always be like, "Sorry, Amy, your vote." Thank you. Right? Unless you're the yeah, we'll flip it. So, we'll flip it the other way for the next. Yes, one. yes, yes. So, Amy, let's do it that way. Interface or Sub Rosa? Uh, interface, excuse me. Interface. <laughs> or I have a children. Are we going to release the papers of this show? <laughs> this is this is the show, uh, my friend. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, so, Amy, Plato Sub Children or Interface? Well, uh, it's going to have to be Interface. Um, you are right about what you said about Plato Stepchildren. And, um, I just, I was embarrassed watching them. I, I just, I felt so bad for the actors. And I was like, this, is this really what I'm seeing? I, and Interface, um, I sort of like the mystery about, well, what really is happening? Is it Jordy's mom or not? So. All right. Another vote for Interface. Uh, Richard, what's your vote? Uh, as much as I hate interface, I'm going to have to go with interface. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm in well, the same boat with you, Zach. I, I get, I got bored with it and yeah, it's, it's a, to me, it's a, uh, it's a very boring story, but I mean, when, if you're comparing it to like Plato's stepchildren, yeah, there's no way. <laughs> All right. There it is. Uh, Justin, there is. Thank you, Richard. Justin, is it going to be a clean sweep for interface? Well, I, I want to say a couple things. So first of all, for Plato's stepchildren, absolutely, it is so agonizing to to watch the actors go through all of the stuff that they're forced to do. Um, it, it is the first interracial kiss, but they're being forced to do so, and Kirk whips Uhura yes. later, which is so bad. Um, <laughs> and But also, I mean, I, I do appreciate some of what they were, were trying to do. Like they're telling Alexander that in the Federation, it doesn't matter, you know, what size or shape you are, you know, we, we treat you equally. So I like that. And there's an important message there, but it's very difficult to watch. Um, and and for, for Interface, um, it's not the best episode, but I think it's kind of interesting. I like that there's the idea of this probe on, on this other ship and that Jordy can control it and feel things that are going on. I think that's, that's really cool. 
um, and seeing his his mother and his father is is interesting. So yeah, it's going to be a clean sweep with with interface. All right, clean sweep. You don't get bonus points for a clean sweep, but oh. TNG does win this round. <laughs> so uh, so we're we're tied one one. Um, TNG TOS. All right, Ken, you you feeling the heat now? They're catching up to us, man. Uh, I I feel no heat. <laughs> we got a long way to go. All right, so uh, round twenty-two. The in- oh, and uh, let me say one last thing. I was honestly surprised interface was that low. Like it's just kind of a middle of the road episode. I'm shocked it was that well, low on, on the know, rankings. Trek ranks does yeah. Plato's the worst yeah. in my opinion. Well, so. this this is specifically to Trek rank, so it's it's interesting the way that uh, that mm. Jim Morehouse does his rankings. I agree with some, but maybe not others. But it's that's what we're going by. <laughs> That's what we're, yeah, that's what we're here. Yeah, you know what's interesting, Justin, about what you said about Alexander being, you know, everybody's equal or whatever. And then what does Kirk say when they're being? Oh, up? yeah, he totally, he totally undercuts it. But if I take it just from that moment, there's something good there. You know? oh, I'm with but you. I'm with you. you. Just it's, delete it's, it. It's, that's what I mean. The, the, whole, the whole thing is a dichotomy. I, just I, just, it, oh. I, I was appreciating certain like elements, but it's terrible overall. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. If, if anybody's going to find the good in anything, it's Justin. And I mean that as a compliment. You have a way of pulling out the things and, and really dissecting. It's a great skill to have. Uh, uh, yeah, that, that was one of the things that really bothered me is this nice speech. And then at the end, it's like, hey, we're going to cut you down. No, no, no pun intended. So our next round, 22, The Empath versus The Eye of the Beholder. Uh, the Empath is the episode where Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, shocking, I know those three characters, uh, get kidnapped uh, by aliens who want to study... Uh, basically empathy they use a, a an empathic alien to uh, who can heal and all this stuff and and they they put the crew through tests and it's, it's classic tos we have a superior alien testing the the, the crew and empathy for each other um i the beholder is an episode where uh, it starts off with a uh, pretty strong with a uh, crewman committing suicide in a, in a warp um i guess it's the cell, yeah, they, sell too, they say yeah yeah so uh pretty intense stuff for star trek uh Throughout the episode, Troy and Worf are doing an investigation. Uh, things really start to spin out of control. And at the end, you realize that the whole episode had been just in this one moment of, uh, of Troy and Worf's investigation. Uh, there's a certain point where everything is in her imagination uh, because she like kills Worf. <laughs> and it's just, just some crazy stuff that goes on in this episode. And it's very uh, Worf and Troy heavy. So your mileage may vary depending on what your attitude towards their relationship is. So that is... The two summaries of those two episodes. Um, I sh- should I go first, Ken, or should? Why don't you let Amy go first, and we'll go back the other way. Oh, like completely. Oh, okay, do the snake. That's look at this guy. He's smart. So, Amy, what's your pick? Okay. The impact or I build it? Well, I'm going to have to surprise and go with the empath. Mm. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I. I just watched it and I really enjoyed it and I felt like it very cerebral um, and I thought it had just, it was very Star Trek-y to me. So I'm going that that had a very good Trek story and a very good Trek theme. So I'm going to go with The Empath. Hmm. All right. Okay. Yeah, it's, uh, we, we, got, we got a swing vote. Feels good. Uh, Richard. These two episodes, which you pick. You know, I actually like the empath, but I also like the eye of the boulder. Uh, I, I would agree with Amy that uh, the empath is a very, is a very Star Trek uh, story, and I would agree. I would actually say the same thing for 
the eye of the beholder, uh, mainly because it's all over the place. You don't know what the, what's going on, especially if you're if you're a first time, um, uh, you know, first time you ever watch this episode. So I am going to go with the eye of the beholder. So because I like that one more. All right. One and one. Okay. Richard. Yep. Thank you. Justin, what's your pick? Let's see. So for, for the empath, I actually struggle a lot with this episode. I mean, for a couple of things. I mean, like, so they go to this planet, but it's kind of like it's a stage play and they don't really have much like built in the set. So that takes me out of it. But I, I won't knock it for that. It's just something. It's that called expressionist, it. Justin. It's a creative <laughs> choice. It's called reduced budget in the third season. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, but I, I won't knock it too much for that. But like, I, I find it really uncomfortable to watch where there's there's this woman who's empathic and has difficulty really communicating to Kirk, Spock, and McCoy what's what's going on, and she's kind of being taken advantage of. These aliens have this like weird test for her, so I struggle with it and have a lot of of difficulty. Where on the other hand. I like the Eye of the Beholder a, a lot, and I always have because I think that just seeing you know them play with the the different elements of, of of reality and trying to figure out what's going on here, and even rewatching it and knowing what what happens, I'd forgotten some some points, um, and I find it really interesting to watch. Although there is a you know a bit of a a problem with the episode at the beginning there's you know the guy who says he's going to commit suicide in the nacelle too why don't they just stun him like why does Riker have to come up to him and try to convince him not to jump they can just stun him and take him away but anyway uh but i i do enjoy the eye of the beholder a, a lot because i think there there is an interesting investigation element i do like Worf and troy together so that might color it somewhat but i'm gonna vote for eye of the beholder all right there's their Earl Grey tallies there. Uh, so I guess I'm next. So for me, I do not like Worf and Troy together. Worf <laughs> and Troy is the worst thing since Chakotay in 709, in my opinion. But that's that's a conversation yeah, for another day. Yeah, will table that for uh, mm-hmm. Although, I will say this. I do like Imzadi 2 Triangle by Peter David. It I kind of wraps off. Yes, it does. Very good. Yeah. So, so like, so like is, is a book into all this? I'm like, okay. That, that makes it a little more palatable. Well, you probably me, like so. Imzadi 2 because it tells you why it doesn't work. Yes, that's it. No, but I like the relationship, but I love that book anyway because it's it's really great. But nope. Uh, So that being said, that alone kind of sinks Eye of the Beholder for me. Just you know, for me, I uh, and I do enjoy the empath for. And yes, it's there's no sets, uh, (laughs) but it it really does show a good bond between Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and it's a lot of the best episodes of TOS do. So my vote is for the empath, Um, especially when when they're all trying to like. Okay, they know the next uh, this particular scene where they know the next guy they take might die, right? And so they're all trying to like be the guy who does right. it, and then like you know Spock thinks he's going to do it, but McCoy. But it, it's almost like in you know, Wrath of Khan where like you know Spock, you know he next pitches McCoy to go into to save the ship. On this one, like McCoy hypos uh, Spock, you know, to 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 be the guy who gets sacrificed in his mind. He thinks being sacrificed. So that just shows the bond of friendship. Because even though these guys they barb each other a lot, you know, and that's something they focus on beyond too, even though they, they have their barbs, you know, that they do, they do care about each other and they love each other in their own way. So uh, that, that, this is just a great episode that shows the bond between these three guys. Um, and that's why my vote goes for the empath. That puts it over the top for me. It is episodes. when you're talking, I'm like, Oh, I want to say this, but we're really short on time. I know, but yeah. <laughs> I have to agree completely. And we should talk about the empath more. Well, we'll, we'll put that on the schedule for, for another episode. Uh, so well, kid, 
Yeah, so no, that's fine. So it's funny. So we should talk about it more. And I think one of the reasons why we need to talk about it more is because I don't know where I heard it, if it was at a convention or somebody speaking, but the empath is what developed Ilea and then Troy uh, as far as Star Trek, right? This is where it all came from. And that, that's, that was kind of why in my, after hearing that and rewatching it so many times for the last, well, for as long as some of you have even been alive, scary um it's it's just it's one of those episodes too too as a kid i always felt very sorry for her very sad it, it really played with me emotionally and what the reason i like it more than i of the beholder is just i don't do well with different realities different timelines that's not my thing and it's just a personal thing i don't like it when star trek does that i don't like it when they when they play around with it. I don't, I don't like the tricks that are involved in, in those types of episodes. And it, I mean, it was a fine episode overall. It's just not a personal, um, it's, it's not a personal favorite context. When they go and do all that stuff, I, I just shut down. I go, oh, it's, it's a game, it's a trick, it's whatever. And um, that's, that's why I struggle with so many Voyager episodes, right? Because they, they're always playing around with that stuff. But anyway, um, Empath though, just because of its historical significance to two key characters that were developed in, in Star Trek as time went on. And as I understand it, it was Forrest Kelly's favorite episode oh. as well. So okay. there you go. That should be the deal breaker. Uh, so TOS wins that round. We're up two to one, Ken. So <laughs> keeping a close eye on the scoreboard. Uh, so <laughs> moving on to, <laughs> moving on to the next I thought, round. I thought we were trying to stay neutral <laughs> there, but I guess not. <laughs> Come on, I'm rooting when for TNG you guys to come out on top, the same too. Thing. <laughs> yeah, come on. We got we to yeah, stick to your team. Um, so, uh, round 21, the lights of Zaytar. One big team. To <laughs> one big happy fleet. One timeline, one team. Uh, Generations, remember? Hugs. Anyway. Uh, round 21, the lights of Zaytar versus Bloodlines. Uh, the lights of Zaytar. Uh, this. <laughs> come on, give, give an objective summary. <clears throat> <laughs> you see, you guys, you guys can't see it listening, but I've completely changed my posture now. I'm really serious. So, the lights of Zaytar, there is a, there's an alien cloud uh, of energy beings who travel around the galaxy, and they take over uh, a lieutenant who is Scotty's love interest in this episode, and it becomes a conflict because they need to purge it from her body. Uh, we also get to see Memory Alpha in this episode, which uh, has become a huge thing in Trek fandom because it's 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 whenever we're talking about Trek stuff, like oh, let me go check Memory Alpha now. The website, the accumulation of all collective knowledge in the galaxy. So some interesting concepts in this episode. Uh, Bloodlines, not to be confused with Firstborn uh, from TNG. Bloodlines, uh, we find out Picard has a son, or does he? And we have a returning character in Damon Bach, and, uh, even though he's played by a different actor, which just bothered me. Uh, <laughs> I like the continuity. The callback to season one. So uh, you get Picard struggling with the fact, oh, am I a father? Am I, you know, this is a big deal for me. Uh, I, I never thought I'd had a son. So it's, so there are lots of, you know, things that go along with whole Picard's whole family, kids thing throughout his history in that episode. So those are the two episodes. I think those are fair, nice, collected uh, summaries. I, um, I'm glad Ken will be going first on this one because I, I want to hear what he says and that'll help influence my vote. So who are you voting for, Ken? <laughs> I'm, I'm voting for Bloodlines, and I'll tell you why. Uh, for, for me, uh, T, TNG, even though I, I'm actually kind of surprised this is ranked as low as it is, I, I, I didn't like it when it turned out that he wasn't actually his son, but I love seeing Spoilers. Picard relate. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> We're going to assume um, if you're listening to this, you've seen all these episodes. 
like 50 <laughs> times because you're listening to a Trek podcast. Anyway, um, it, it, it just, for me, that, that, that part of Picard is my favorite type of TNG. Uh, I love seeing the captain um, become more humanistic, become, you know, not in the sense of what it mean, what is defined today, but just, just being more of a, of a, of a real person and down to earth. And, I thought it was very humbling just watching that. The, the Lights of Zetar was okay. It was never one of my top episodes either for good reason. Uh, that's, you know, just as a quick summary, um, that is why I went with Bloodlines. All right. As for me, I, I'm going to go with Bloodlines as well. Uh, it's a little, much like Interface, it's, I'm, you can't, I'm surprised it's so low. I mean, it's kind of a middle road episode. Nothing really wrong with yeah. it to be so low, but I, I uh, I did like the continuity with, with season one, bring back Damon Bach. It's one of the best season one episodes, the battle. Uh, mm-hmm. That's true. They got the same actor. The same actor came back in season three is a different Fergie. So it's, I'm even I'm like, he had his number guys. I don't understand. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it lights his ATAR. You know, I was kind of joking about the summary. Like, what do I say about it? I know it's our friend, Brandon Shamatel is one of his favorite episodes. He loves talking about that. I, uh, it's, it's one of those season three episodes. You're like, a really creepy moment. And I'll give it props is when the, uh, uh, they go to memory alpha and they beam down and the, and the woman has like the weird face and the voice come out of her. It's like, that is creepy stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. I give her credit for that. It's a weird voice. Yeah. But you know, and Scotty has a love interest. So it's good to see him always have more to do than just, you know, sit in this inner seat when the big three are gone or just say, I'm giving her all she's got captain. Like he has a little more to do. In this, <laughs> this nice. But that being said, my vote is for bloodlines. Mm-hmm. How about you, uh, Justin? What's your pick? Let's see here. Okay, so let me talk about Bloodlines first, actually, because you know I, I rewatched it today, and I really didn't enjoy it. I I, I have a very different opinion than uh, than you and, and Ken do on it, be, <clears throat> and for a couple of reasons. So, you know, first of all, having this episode where it seems like Picard has a son, but he really doesn't, I I, I just have have trouble with that, and it kind of takes away some of the impact. Also, I have some issues with the performance for Jason Vigo. It doesn't feel like it 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 really like works or, or connects with me. Um, and I I just found myself you know during and, and also you know I, I really loved the first season episode of the battle with Damon Bach originally, but I didn't feel it was necessary to bring him back six years later and to have this weird plot that's so easily kind of foiled at the end. Uh, so I, I actually struggled with it today, and I really didn't uh, enjoy Bloodlines. Now, the, the Lights of, of Zatar, I have some issues with that episode because, you know, they keep referring to Lieutenant Romaine, who's Scotty's love interest, as the girl, and they would mm, never do yeah, that to yeah. a male officer or, I don't know, any other female officers that they've done that for. But So I have some issues with that, but I think this concept that there are these um, life forms that are trying to... I don't know what it is exactly. They're they're trying to find some way to be connected with a being and 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 see things. It kind of reminded me of the TNG episode Power Play, where there are these there's these imprisoned beings that try to take oh, over others. So I could see yeah. it as an influence on that, and I really like that episode. And I think there's just some interesting like concepts, and it actually kind of it it caught my attention when when I rewatched it. Um, so I'm going to make Brandon Shamatala happy and vote for the Lights of Zatar. I enjoyed it more. There we go. So we have two senator revotes for the teens. Yes. Well, well said, Justin. Thanks. Oh yeah, that's a great summary. Thank you. I see. I, I apologize for my uh, my off the off the cuff uh, flippancy in my initial. But 
you know, I think I give it a, a fair summary after all. But that's, those are all good points, Justin. I, and we have, so we have two standard river votes for TNG episode, and we have so far we have one Earl Grey vote for TOS. So Richard, are you going to continue the trend of the flip here or no? Yeah, I'm going to go with Bloodlines on this one. Because. <laughs> <laughs> So he said yes, yes no. but then he I said no. That was that was I'm sorry. This guy. I, it's the second time. It's the second time you've done that. Now I'm listening I, much closer. I, I just, I'm watching. I, I don't know. I, I just never got into the lights of Zatari. It's just it just wasn't my episode. I mean, I mean, I, I'm I mean, it's not. I'm going to agree with you guys on Bloodlines. It's it's a it's one of those mediocre episodes. It's not the best, but it's not the worst either. And um, I was actually surprised that it was this far down, too. And um, I didn't even think we were going to even discuss it. It's been a long time since I've seen Bloodlines. But, um, yeah, it's just, I thought it was a better story. So, yeah, yeah. sorry. Fair enough. Lines for Richard. Amy, what is your, what's your vote? Well, not that it matters, but... Um... Your opinion always matters. <laughs> does to us. Yes, your opinion matters. Well, it's funny, and this might happen a couple other times as I'm looking through the list. Like, there's episodes that I forget, and these are two episodes that I just completely forget. And so when that happens, I'm going to go with my TNG roots and choose Bloodlines. All right, Bloodlines. So Bloodlines wins four to one, but Justin, you need a good argument for Lights of Zatar, my friend. You're, you're so. welcome. You're welcome, good. Brandon Shamatawa. <laughs> <laughs> you're your best friend now. Uh, <laughs> well, we disagree about a lot of stuff, but we agree about this one, I think. There you go. There you yes, go. Yes. Uh, Though he probably puts uh, it a lot higher on his list. I think it's like his third favorite in TOS. It is, yeah. It's, it's, uh, we're not going to say for it's my third favorite, back. but I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if if this if Bichet's here, it would be upside yes. down. The worst twelve would be the best twelve. It's just we love. He, you, he has a, he yep. He has a view like no others. It, it's what makes Absolutely. him so fascinating to me. Yes. Oh boy. So moving on to uh, round twenty, the way to Eden versus masks. Uh, the way to Eden is the episode where these space hippies take over the Enterprise, but they're looking for Eden. They're looking you know much like Star Trek Five. They're looking for you know the beginning of all life and and the creation and all that. So uh, the Enterprise gets hijacked, which happens a lot in TOS, and uh, they get taken to. Uh, to this planet, and they find out that it's actually a poisonous planet, lethal to, uh, you know, the, the grass burns and the plants are poisoned, so it's one of these, you know, bait and switches, like, it, it does exist, they found it, but we shouldn't have gone there because it's lethal to you. So you can never go back to the Garden of Eden, is the, the moral of that story. And then in uh, Masks, uh, the Enterprise D finds a comet, and it, it uh, slowly takes over the, the ship, transforming into this mythological battle between Masaka and... Uh, the moon god, whose name escapes me, somebody jump in. What's uh, the moon god's name? Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't remember. There was a lot of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I, I feel much better now that I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, uh, Brent Spider, a tour de force performance. He plays like, you know, 10 characters in this episode and does a great job. Uh, so that it's a fun, it's a fun one. Whenever you see Rin Spiner play multiple roles, mm. it's a lot of fun. And uh, we see that, you know, hmm, uh, just the ship transform as well. So they got that going on. They got to save data and save the ship and reverse everything. So that's a way to Eden versus masks. Amy, you're our first vote. Which are you? All voting? right. I really get upset when people say they don't like masks because I really enjoy it. I number one, it's memorable. 
I mean, you say masks and people know what it is. And I mm-hmm. enjoy seeing Brent Spiner act all these different characters. It's sort of the one man show here. And I'm totally fine with that. I like the ending where the sun and the moon are chasing each other. And so we get that astrological feel to it. I really enjoy masks and uh, the way to Eden, I it was just okay for me, but because I really enjoy masks, I'm going with masks. All right. There it is. There it is. Richard, what's your vote? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, it, I mass is one of those episodes that I really don't like. I, I mean, in, within the TNG universe, I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, great. It, you know, Brent Spiner does a great job. He's, he's great. And, you know, uh, in different characters and everything, but when you compare it to the way of Eden, yeah, it's going to be mass. <laughs> I know. You did it again. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All right. Stop telling us why you hate something. I know, right? <laughs> It's I, the worst. I hate, it's I hate this one, evil. but I hate this one over here more. <laughs> <laughs> I just oh can't hit it goodness. hard enough. <laughs> I hope you're not you're not you're not kicking that puppy under the desk, are you? Come on now, right be here, nice. I've got a bat right next to me. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh! No, we do not condone. No, no. we I do just, not condone yeah, know, animals. No animal was harmed in the <laughs> in the making of this in podcast. The making of this podcast. <laughs> Oh boy. All right. So we have uh, two picks from Mass so far. Now, Justin, are you going to give us an impassioned defense of the way to eat it? <laughs> well, let's see. So for Mass, by the way, the, I looked it up. The moon god is Corgano. Oh, yes. Um, Corgano. I, of course. Of course. Corgano. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like Amy. I, I like masks a lot. I think Brent Spiner gives some great performances. It's kind of you know hypnotizing to watch him play these characters. I like how the, the ship is being transformed. Um, and that there was this prior civilization that wanted to give their knowledge. I think it's really cool what what happens in, in masks. Now, The Way to Eden, I actually love this episode. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I know that a lot of people don't like it, but let me tell you why I love this episode, and I'm going to pick it over masks. So the, the reason, I, I think for a lot of people, they see this episode, it's, it's kind of ridiculous. This was made to, you know, make fun of hippies or try to, you know, marginalize what they were trying to do in, in the 60s. And that there's some, you know, it, it's just kind of a, a strange story. But but I love it for a couple of reasons. I actually love the music that they put in it, that these space hippies are, are playing. I'm, I'm totally into, uh, you know, 60s music and the, the feel and the style. I just love it. And it kind of, I don't know, makes makes things lively on the Enterprise and people are like, you know, getting along to the music. But also, I can identify with them looking for um, a simpler life that has less technology. Now, my life has a lot of technology in it, but I can I really can appreciate and sympathize with wanting to to get to a simpler life. And and the tragic ending is is very sad for me. So, I, other than that, they need to have um, more more security and auxiliary control <laughs> so the ship can't be yeah. taken over from there I, I i love the episode through and through it's it's probably actually one of my favorites in in season three of of tos so i'm gonna have to go to with the way to eden All right. i might be the only vote but i'm gonna go for it <laughs> so way to eden uh i do like how spock connects to the mm-hmm. to the hippies yeah. you know 
know, I think that's very in character for him, like, cause he's out of, you know, he himself has felt like he doesn't belong. Uh, so that, uh, in his life being human and Vulcan. So that's, that's a cool, uh, Spock was kind of like a sixties counterculture icon, right? Yes, exactly. So the the same people gravitated towards, you know, uh, he's putting on a concert with them, you know, so, so he gravitates towards those, those, uh, characters who are representing the counterculture of the sixties. Uh, I think, you know, the, 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 the fact that the guy was a sound scientist, you know, and used that against the crew, that was a pretty cool, uh, you know, aspect of the episode as well. That said, I really like masks. Uh, Joe Minoski comes up with some crazy stories and this is an, uh, another like completely off the wall. What if we turned the enterprise into legends of the hidden temple, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, Joe, uh, but it works, you know, and it's, uh, it's just one of those really out of the box stories that's really enjoyable and, as you guys had said, memorable. So uh, of these two, although Way to the Eating gets a lot of flack, like oh the hippie episode, there there, there is some substance there that people overlook because they can't see past the whole veneer of the six the trappings of the sixties. Uh, but my vote, uh, even so, my vote is going to go with masks. So that brings it to you, Ken. What's your vote, my friend? Yeah, you know it's it's funny. Both episodes to I I, I like them both. And I, first I, I, of all. Uh, I would respectfully say they weren't trying to marginalize hippies. There were a lot of problems in those days of the occult. You had the Mansons. You had a lot of people following the people, and, and it was Hare Krishna. All those things back then were huge, and people were they were worried about that. And, and back in the 60s and 70s, uh, you would see those folks much more than you did today, and I think it was more of a fear of that generation falling into those traps, and I think that was the message they were trying to get across. Not so much that hippies, which were kind of you know peace loving, this oh, that, just and all to that be other clear, stuff. I'm saying, I think some people had perceived it that way, but I don't think that that's that's correct. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Uh, then I misunderstood what you were saying. But that that was kind of you know those were the the message that I, that I was getting out of it. I just thought it was a fun episode. Mass was a good episode though. I did enjoy it, and and I love Minoski in general. Um, this one was a tougher one. I, 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 I'm really listening to the to the passion that that Justin sold it, and that's what kind of had me go the other way towards Eden. All right, Eden for Ken, uh, but TNG wins the day with three to two. Hey, but I could they I do against Ken on the way to Eden, so that's a victory for me. It's good, Justin said. Justin's got a little Brandon in him, Ken. <laughs> He's got. <laughs> well, you know what 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 I love about the. Uh, Justin, how, how long have you been into Star Trek? Well, I guess it depends on how you define it. I mean, the first time I really saw Star Trek was uh, almost 30 years ago, but I really became a fan in the last, I would say, nine or 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, I, I've, I've been a fan for 40-some-odd years, right? And it's, it's, it's different when you hear somebody looking at it from a, a new lens, a fresher lens, and really deep into it. I mean, you're, you're reading all the books, you're watching all the episodes, a lot of this stuff, I'm going back on memory, although I had to go back and watch more of the TNG stuff because I, I'd watch more Standard Orbit recently just because we do this podcast about it and it's kind of draws <laughs> you there. But I, I, do, um, I do appreciate the, the lens and the views that you bring on things because it's just, it's just fresh. Yes, for sure. That's what's great about having all five of us here. We all have different takes on it. So, uh, yeah. so round 19, the Mark of Gideon versus liaisons. Uh, the Mark of Gideon, the planet is suffering from overpopulation, so they kidnap Captain Kirk onto an exact duplicate of the Enterprise, which would take up a lot of space, I think, if you're overpopulated <laughs> on your planet. That's, just, that's a thought. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, but then uh, liaisons, uh, we have three alien uh, ambassadors that, that uh, 
There's three of them, right? Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. I think there's three of them. Because okay. <laughs> I distinctly remember two of them, but the third one I always I always forget about. But there's three alien ambassadors that uh, that come across the Enterprise. Picard gets isolated with one of them, and the other the other ones are on the Enterprise, uh, causing causing mischief and a lot of uh, comedy through their through their behavior as well, especially their actions with Worf. Uh, so the, those are basically the two. It's the, the the gist of these two episodes of Ken of these two. Who who would you vote for? Which would you vote for? I'm going to say the Mark of Gideon. Here's the reason why. It was because as a kid when I watched it, right? Liaisons was again. I, I can't believe this is listed as a as a bad episode. You know, like this this level. It's it's somewhere in the mid range. But Mark of Gideon to me was extraordinarily clever, and it scared the heck out of me. And it and it and it had an indelible an indelible stamp on my head from when I was a kid and you know, the view screen and all the people looking in and they're looking out at it. And it just, you know, there, there was a lot of things going on back in that timeline about fears of just that exact mm-hmm. same thing. You know, the cities were overpopulated, the, the pollution thing. And, and, you know, the whole, I guess the whole, the whole idea of going in and introducing a virus to, to knock down a lifespan, I thought was also very, very clever in its writing and its creativity, its execution, wasn't as smooth as it could have been, but in in kind of the the Federation and Starfleet trying to figure out who's going to do what, it was also just kind of an odd thing. But but overall, it was it was because of that that personal stamp that it left on me. Liaisons just was a good episode to me, but it didn't have an impact like that. And Gideon always had. That's why. As for me, uh, this is this was a tougher one because these are both kind of middle of the road episodes in my opinion uh there's some there's some ridiculous things on each side for each episode there's the you guys can hear it it comes the, the orient express again but uh mark a gideon um i'm like okay when i'm on the fence i'm like i it's like i love tng but i'm a tos host so should i go with <laughs> should i go with tos uh mark gideon the, there, there is some creepy stuff in there it actually reminds me of twilight zone where kirk's looking out the window and see something reminds me of a nightmare at twenty thousand feet out the window but mm-hmm. of the two, honestly, I'm going to go with liaisons because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, to your point, Justin, what did I enjoy watching more? I enjoyed liaisons. I enjoyed the ambassadors giving Worf a hard time, right, on the ship. And, like, that was fun to watch. And, you know, even Picard with his um, – what's that, what's that movie with Kathy Bates? Uh, misery, right? Yeah. Like, the Picard, that's like <laughs> yeah. Picard in that movie stuck on the planet. So I, I enjoy those scenarios and uh, that we get some with the liaisons. So of the two, I'm going to go with liaisons. So Justin, what's your pick? Yeah, so first about the Mark of Gideon. I mean, I, I understand they were trying to address overpopulation, but there's kind of this ridiculous idea, like the planet is so overpopulated that people are just like basically jiggling around in place because they don't have enough room. Like you would have outstripped your resources long before you got to that point. So there's something that's like a little bit, and, and their plan to like introduce a virus, like you might as well just like, you know, go Kodos the Executioner style and just like, kill off half of the people or something like a virus with all that suffering i mean there was just something like totally bizarre about this episode that that i really don't enjoy it liaisons on the other hand <clears throat> i do enjoy for the most part because as you said zach there's you know this guy who's this, this glutton for food and somebody else who's being um, rude to wharf and he has to really you know struggle to and and there's this thing with picard on on the planet where they're pretending to be this woman who's falling in love with him so I think there's a lot of interesting things that are going on uh, in the episode, although, of course, their methods are, we would think, are extremely unethical and bizarre. But I, I find myself really 
um, enjoying the episode, so I'll have to go with liaisons. All right, liaisons for Justin Richard. What's your pick? All right, I'm not going to do it to you again, uh, Amy. <laughs> um, I'm going to pick uh, the mar- uh, the Mark of Gideon. Uh, it, like mm. uh, I like both of these episodes. They're not terrible, but they're not great. So yeah, I'm going to go with Mark of Gideon. So Amy. All right, so Amy. <laughs> The swing vote. Oh, it comes down goodness. to you. Right. Your vote does matter, Amy. So, uh, of these two episodes, what's your choice? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the enjoyment factor and go with liaisons. I really enjoy when uh, Star Trek takes a look at just like one part of a personality trait. And so we get to see that you know, where the one who's with Troy is all about enjoyment and the one who's with Worf is the one who's combative and, you know, the one who's with Picard, they're under trying to understand love. Like, isolating those characteristics really gets to, you know, analyze how each of those emotions play in our lives. And so for those reasons, I choose liaisons. All right, there it is. TNG wins three to two. Liaisons over the mark of Gideon. Moving on. Can I ask? Yes. A, can I ask Amy a question? Amy, is 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 this the emperor or the queen speaking? <laughs> queen. Okay. All right. So the emperor's votes has us as a tie. <laughs> <laughs> no. TNG's up four to two. Well, so, well I thought we were going to pay attention yeah. to this. Oh, great. Every <laughs> once in a while, I'm going to. Back in the day when TOS was up. <laughs> <laughs> It's not about winning or losing. It's, it's about it's having not, fun. It's not about that, but I'll just let people know that's worth <laughs> Thank you for the score update, Justin. Uh, well, I, I bet you could screenshot this spreadsheet and throw it up there on the Fable Conference. Oh, share, we, we should. That'll be yeah. fun. We'll post the right link in the show notes. Uh, yeah, that'd be cool. So round 18, Spock's brain versus emergence. Uh, Spock's brain, of course, Spock's brain gets stolen and the crew has to <laughs> It. Uh, there's a underground uh, society of women who are, are technologically advanced, and there's an above-ground society of men who are not, and uh, the crew has to uh, get Spock's brain back into Spock. And there's also a remote control Spock through the episode because he has a brain, and McCoy has to control him with a remote control. Uh, Temperature controlled suit. 72 degrees, I think, right? <laughs> 72 uh, degrees. 72 degrees. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would set mine for like sixty five. That's just me. But anyway, uh, emergence is a uh, an episode where the Enterprise D computer becomes self aware. But it's also there's there's an alien. Uh, this is and actually can, I kind of ask you guys this as we talk about. It. I wasn't sure if like it was the ship that evolved or they like they passed through something and that like sparked the ship to evolve into its own entity. But it creates all kinds of especially the holodeck is what it's kind of centers on. We were joking earlier about the the train coming through my house and stuff. Uh, this is where. We, I, they find you know we talk about TOS getting the proper room. This is TNG getting the proper. We got a knight. We got a cowboy. We got you know we got all kinds of crazy stuff going on this train, and um, it's a and this is the uh, near the end of the near the end of the show. So it's it's them kind of like saying, look, we've been through all these experiences, but the Enterprise has also been through these experiences, and this is its legacy. It's leaving as a life form. So that's the uh, that's the gist of those two episodes. And so, Amy, you're going to lead us off. Who do you vote for of these two? Okay, this one was really tough because thanks to Standard Orbit, when we did our Spock's brain and uh, the one with Riker. Riker's brain. Riker's brain. 
Um, I really came to appreciate Spock's brain. Um, an emergence, I just sort of feel like is okay. It's not one of my favorites. Um, and the whole idea of the Enterprise becoming this life form, I mean, intriguing as it may be, I don't think they handled it very well. So I'm going to go with my gut on this and just go Spock Spring. All right. Atila's vote. Let's go to you, Richard. Who are you voting for in these two uh, episodes? <laughs> just straight out the bat. <laughs> um, I'm not a fan of Spock's brain at all. I, I honestly thought it was a terrible, 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 terrible episode. It's actually my, um, uh, it's actually my number one, like worst, um, TOS episode period. <laughs> so yeah. All right. Well, then, then you're definitely not going to oh, be voting for it. Not. Understood. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, Richard, what are you trying um, to say? I hate it. <laughs> All right. So emergence is Richard's pick. Justin of these two episodes, what's your pick? Well, for for Spock's brain, you know, every time that I've seen it, I've loved it and enjoyed it because it's so ridiculous like they've stolen his brain also this may hold he's worse than dead his brain is gone <laughs> his brain is gone he could only survive this number of hours no i think he'd be dead but <laughs> anyway so and, and this may hold the record for the episode of star trek that mentions the episode title the most times i looked in the transcript 15 times somebody says spock's brain so they keep <laughs> saying spock's brain spock's wow. brain where is spock's brain brain what is brain i mean there, it's it's so ridiculous but i enjoy it because it's just so over the top and ridiculous now emergence is an episode i also love because it is one of those crazy minoski episodes the, the enterprise computer becomes sentient it's working out this problem on the holodeck i love that the the train scene where you see you know the the knight and the gangster and the engineer and all all the different <clears throat> the different people and when they kind of go out on the street and they're trying to figure something out with the brick and data has to hold up the cab i don't know what it is because it's kind of ridiculous as well but i love emergence through and through it's probably one of my favorites in in season seven and even though i love spock's brain it's just a little too ridiculous so i'm gonna go with emergence just a point on that yeah was it just the computer? Because that's something, or is it something that they passed through that kind of influenced the computer? That's something that I was yeah, never. It, I, I think it might be a little unclear in the episode whether some yeah. seed was planted there, or it's just gotten to a certain level of complexity that's doing this, which would be very worrisome. But you know, um, yeah, I, I, I really don't know. It's a good question. Uh, I'd have to pay attention to that. But what I mean, whatever the cause, I just love what happens in the episode. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, that's. Uh, Emergence from Justin. Now it's my turn. Uh, this is this is a tough one. I obviously Spock's brain is a ridiculous episode. Uh, emergence, <laughs> emergence. It's also kind of ridiculous in its own, and it is TNG way, you know. Uh, so just just for the the pure rewatchability, uh, I'm gonna go with emergence because I you know I. I just I, I like the mishmash of everything on the holodeck. It's a lot of fun, and you see, like you said, the brick and the taxi and all these all these weird images in classic Joe Manoski ways. You're like those are those are things that stick with you, you know, that are cool. And and it's not. And oh, look, I don't think Spock's brain is as bad as a lot of people say. A lot of people say it's the worst episode of I Star don't think Trek. It's the worst. And, uh, but at the same time, it is a little embarrassing. I certainly wouldn't show it to anyone who is unfamiliar with Star Trek. 
And I would, you know, emergence, if somebody wants to see just an episode of Star Trek, I wouldn't feel like kind of like secondhand embarrassment watching it with them. Yeah. So that's going to put emergence over the top for me. So I'm going, I'm going TNG. A little side note, Colin Higgins' first Star Trek episode was Spock's brain, and he still became a Star Trek fan. Well, there you go. There's, there's <laughs> an exception that proves the rule. I don't know. But <laughs> oh, man, good for you, Colin, for sticking in there. Uh, so, Ken, what's your vote? So I'll have no impact on this at all. But uh, I'm going with brain, and here's why. Uh, emergence, I didn't like it. I, I just, I, I, for whatever reason, when uh, I don't care if it's TOS, TNG, any of the movie, uh, any any of the shows start going towards the ship becoming lifelike and all these things flashing before you, it's fascinating. It's creative. My mind doesn't work that way. I I didn't like it at all. Um, and Spock's brain is legendary for being horrible. And I've grown to love it over the years. And it, it started with our first podcast that that I did with, with Norm and Jeff. And that's how we kind of launched 2.0 as uh, uh, Standard Orbit. And since that time, I've just had a completely different view of it. It's been a hell of a lot more fun for me. It's It's so bad, it's good. And there are certain things that I'll watch that are just absolutely awful. And I'll laugh my, you know what, off watching it. And that's that's what Spock's brain has become to me. I'm, I'm a show that used to be embarrassed to talk about in TOS circles to something that it's like, come on, man, that's that's funny right there. You know, <laughs> that is funny right there. And and that's that's why it's it is now entertaining. I will not avoid it. I will watch it when it's on now. So my it's it's just the where where I've come from the last couple of years. And having fun with it, like we've had once with you guys, and then, and like I said on on one of our inaugural uh, podcasts for Standard Orbit. So, alrighty. Well, TNG wins that round three to two. Um, I feel like okay. I feel like we're in a we're, we're in a good pattern here, guys. I'm, I'm liking the flow, so we're we're gonna move on to round seventeen. Uh, the Paradise Syndrome versus Phantasms. The Paradise Syndrome is the episode where Kirk gets amnesia, uh, gets. Um, marooned on a uh, planet inhabited by Native Americans who've been put there by the preservers. Uh, he, he assumes the identity of Kirok, uh, takes a wife, and then the crew has to uh, destroy an asteroid from hitting that planet and then also save Kirk as well. Uh, Phantasms is the episode where Data's dream program goes a lot out of control. Uh, the, we we uh, the Sailor peptide cake, everybody knows that. Troy is the cake. Uh, Riker with a straw out of his head. I can you tell know, what Kenneth uh, thinks about this one. <laughs> have been frosting uh yeah and, and then uh par pa it turns out the parasites uh, from a from a warp core replacement have uh, have infected the ship and, and data is processing all this in, in his dreams so so picard and jordy go inside of dreams to solve the problem so ken <laughs> revoke my friend of these two which do you pick well you know it's funny because this is the first time we've, we've got something a little bit flipped here i'm not sure why paradise syndrome is on this part of the list I am sure why Phantasms is, okay. And Phantasms is one of my all-time hated TNG episodes. I can't stand you know, really? it. Really? We've never talked about it, this. Ken doesn't yeah, like weird I stuff, cannot. it sounds like. <laughs> well, it, it's not even that. It's it's just, you know, this this is this is their Spock's brain, mm. uh, in, in my opinion. And I thought the, the Paradise Syndrome was a good episode. I thought it was well acted. I, I liked the plot line to it. I think it, sh it showed Kirk, you know, and, and it's been demonstrated a number of times, and you'll hear from an upcoming po podcast too, we talk about it with, with one of our guests, you know, he, he really, <laughs> the way he's portrayed as being a crazy woman, I, that, that's, 
that is not who Kirk is. And, and I think this episode really shows that. And, you know, the pain that he suffers at the end of it. I, I mean, he, he has a lot of tragedy. Anyway, I really always liked the Paradise Syndrome. I thought it was, I thought it was a well-written, well-constructed TOS episode. Phantasms, I, I couldn't get into it at all. And I, I just, yeah, that is one that, that I, I just never watch anymore. All right, well, the vote comes to me. Ken, you're going to be disappointed. I've got to go with Phantasms. I love this episode. <laughs> this is, I love Joe Minoski. Uh, did Joe Minoski write this? I assume I that he did, but that I might did, be wrong. Yes. Okay, I just, I just assumed that he did. Uh, but yeah, the dreamscape. and I love anything they do with Data's dreams. Data's my favorite character. Yep. So I, uh, I love all that. And it's the surrealism of it all. It's, it's just, and just going, in, going inside and, and seeing like what represents what. And I just, I just find that very fascinating. And, uh, you know, Paradise Syndrome... I know that, uh, I know that, uh, oh, Richard has an update. It's yeah, Brandon Braga. Uh, who also wrote some weird stuff, but yeah. <laughs> it's it's a weird, weird stuff. So there I, I guess is. I could have so, just said I'm that gonna, versus Telly, yeah. You could have yeah. just said that. He sent us a, a text, print out only. <laughs> print only. Print out only. Um, <laughs> ah, new message coming in from subspace. <laughs> oh, boy. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry to disappoint you, Ken. Paradise Syndrome, it's, you know, it's okay. Uh, it, it just never really struck a chord. I am Kirok and all that. That's iconic. But as far as enjoyment goes, I really do enjoy the journey Phantasms takes us on. So I'm, I'm going for them. Phantasms, it's, yeah, it just tells me what it would be like if I ever got on drugs. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Justin, we'll let you pick. Well, let me say a few things about Paradise Syndrome first. I think there are some cool aspects of it. There, the, the time scale, it's over a couple of months, which is really long for, for a TOS episode. So I think that's cool. I love the stuff on, on the ship where they're trying to figure out what to do with the asteroid. There's all of this conflict with Spock in command. And I think when you see Spock in command in, in season three, he's really struggling with it or being a jerk with people. But anyway, it's interesting to see some of that, that conflict. Now, the stuff on the planet... And, and it's interesting because I, I say that it has to do with my enjoyment. And I know that the depiction of, you know, Native Americans and their culture and how they look and how they act and all of that was probably typical for the 60s. But, you know, seeing that now, it just bothers me because it's a very simplistic depiction. It seems like they're, they're very, like they can't even figure out how a shirt works. I mean, there's some, some weird stuff that, that doesn't connect with me, even though there's some good stuff in there. Um, now, Phantasms... Like you, Zach, I love the episode. We must just love weird stuff because <laughs> I love Data's dreams. I love that there's this weird way that that this threat is being expressed to him and all of the stuff that happens. So I just enjoy it through and through. I, I love Phantasm. I mean, it's probably one of my favorites also, so I'm going to vote for Phantasms. All right. Richard, what's your pick? Um, okay, I guess I can go. <laughs> Even though I just sent that text. <laughs> Enough for the uh, yeah, not yeah. only. All right, just sorry, <laughs> uh, sorry Amy. Um, so <laughs> I, I hope you chose this one. So um, I actually did, or forgot uh, the Paradise Syndrome uh, and actually rewatched it today, and I love that episode. It's great. It's got a great story. I love it. It's it's a uh, it's all around great. But when you match it up against Phantasms, yeah, there just there's no way. Uh, Phantasms just blew it out of the water. Uh, I absolutely love Phantasms, and uh, just to tell you how much I love it, I use maybe five or six pictures out of them uh, out of that episodes for memes. <laughs> so <laughs> I love this episode. I love the meme with uh, with the cards on the phone. It's like, yes, my Android is free data <laughs> or whatever. Well, I use the yeah. one with Worf eating uh, the mint frosting for birthday messages. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, What's wrong with you people? Well, Amy, uh, are you going to get Ken's respect or his scorn? Oh, dear. <laughs> well, I am actually surprised to see the Paradise Syndrome this high up because I just didn't get it. I was, I don't enjoy the episode at all. I was wondering what is going on. I, I, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And Phantasms, that's great. You know, Troy gets to tell Data to continue his dreaming. And then it's sort of this clue thing of what's happening. Why is Data having these dreams? He's an android. He's not supposed to. So we're exploring the human humanity through Data that way. And we get to see him actually save the day and, you know, see these things. Oh, yeah. go ahead. I just thought I just, uh, I just thought something that Justin had said, and I don't know what, I don't know what podcast it is. Uh, you said this in, but you said one of the scariest moments of Star Trek is when Data stabs Troy in the turbo well, there. Well, not exactly. I said one of the the scariest moments is when you see the, <laughs> when you see that uh, that Troy's a cake and he has to take a piece out of it, and Amy and Richard made fun of me. And then I went on to say, okay, well maybe it was the part where he gets stabbed. So. Um, but yeah, I think there is a lot of frightening imagery in, in there and, and shocking things that, that happen. So it freaks me out a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, so, so there's a lot of, I'm sorry to cut you off there. I mean, what you were saying just, just clued me into like, oh yeah, that's something that, that I remember Justin yeah. said before. And that's a, that's a, that's definitely a one that's that, that moment alone sticks no, but, out. So I'm sorry, Ken, that yeah. we all love sorry. this weirdness. <laughs> Ken thinks that, uh, that we need drug testing <laughs> for our podcast because we like phantasms. <laughs> <laughs> You're all out of the woods, <laughs> all of you. <laughs> so, Amy, did you have any final thoughts? Uh, yeah. I know I cut you off there. I apologize. Yeah, no. So, I really do enjoy Phantasms for that. Yeah. All right, there it is. So, uh, Phantasms uh, wins over Paradise Syndrome. I'm sorry, Ken. We will move on. Hopefully, you don't think too lowly of us. Well, hey, you know, honestly, when when four people go one way and say, it's like, I hope you don't feel so bad about me, but in this case, you all need to be. <laughs> all right. Horrible. horrible episode. <laughs> all right. So moving on to round, uh, round 16, we have a uh, turnabout intruder versus dark page. Turnabout intruder is uh, the infamous final episode of the original series where an ex-girlfriend of Kirk switches bodies with him so she can become a captain of a starship which is not allowed. And as far as the third season of TOS, according to Gene Roddenberry, who has writing credit on that episode, just pointing that out. Uh, and then we go to Dark Page, which is the episode where uh, Loxana has some repressed memories about uh, Troy's sister who died when she was a child. And uh, but much like, you know, going into Data's brain and in, in, uh, Phantasms, uh, Troy has to go into Loxana's brain and Dark Page to, to solve the conflict there. So, uh, Amy... You're first of these two episodes. Which are you picking? Well, it will be no surprise. I will go with Dark Page. Turnabout Intruder, of course. It's a (laughs) Troy-centered episode. But really, uh, we get to see Luoxana. I think it shows a different side to her. I think it definitely shows uh, loss and how some people deal with it. um, And the support and build that mother-daughter relationship. I just think Dark Page is very good. So... It's going to take my vote. All righty. Richard, what's your pick? Um, 
I don't remember Turnabout Intruder. <laughs> um, it's the one where the woman is insane and wants to become a captain so she, because she can't, apparently, and has to switch bodies with Kurt. Okay. And then... Okay, I still don't remember it. <laughs> exactly. It's, that was it's, it's that summary, and it's I was terrible. like, yeah, I don't, I don't remember, remember that. that one. I was like, oh, man, I really wished I'd rem- watched that one instead. But um, uh, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Dark Page. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Well, you're probably better off not remembering yeah. it. Uh, Justin, what's your pick? Well, you, you know, I, I said a bit before, but I think Turnabout Intruder is a, a terrible episode. It's, it's a terrible idea that somehow women can't be captains. It's inserted in this episode, and I choose to ignore that. And every other iteration of Star Trek has chosen to wisely ignore that. It's just a, it's just a bad idea, and, you know, Kirk is doing all this acting, and you see him, like, filing his nails and doing these things that are supposed to be effeminate. It's just... I, Ugh, it's a mess. I, I really, for me, that's toward the bottom, actually. Um, Dark Page, I didn't appreciate that episode for a while, but went back and rewatched it uh, more recently. And it's a very moving episode about something that's happened in, in Waxana's life, about this, you know, sister that, that Troy had, but there was a tragedy that happened. You get to see Troy's father um, in, in part of it. I think it's actually a very moving episode, and I'm definitely going to have to vote for Dark Page. I, although I would have voted for almost anything over Turnabout Intruder, to tell you the truth. <laughs> uh, as for me, I, I would say this. I, I would say Turnabout Intruder would not be near as hated had it not been the final episode of the original series. It kind of, much like Spock's brain at the beginning and Turnabout Intruder at the end, like those bookends of the third season are part of the reason it gets the reputation it does. You know, if you, if you just chop those two off and you look at the, you know, the in-between from there... You start with Enterprise Incident and you end with uh, All Our Yesterdays. I'm like, oh, wow, that's a good beginning and ending. Uh, so that's what makes it more infamous. Yes, there's some very questionable ideas presented here. And Star Trek has, you know, continued to just, you know, retcon that out of existence as it should. Um, but, I mean, that being said, the Dark Page, definitely a better episode. Uh, Star Trek, the family reunion continues with more family members we've never met before and whatnot. But uh, it, it, this is uh, this and Half a Life really show that Loxana is like a more three dimensional character than the joke she was in her first couple of appearances, honestly. So, and we see that through the later episodes of TNG and then DS9. So, this is part of that whole uh, you know, just fleshing out of her character to be more three dimensional. So, my vote is for Dark Page. What is your vote, Ken? Oh, definitely Dark Page. Turnabout Extruder is probably the worst for a couple of reasons. One, um, I, I think you pointed it out. Zach, in the very beginning. Roddenberry was involved in this episode. He's the same guy who had a female number one and put women on the bridge. He did all those things. And then he tried to run away from this. And to me, that's like, for whatever reason, they wanted to make that a plot point. It didn't make any sense. And for the record, guys, even the U.S. Navy had female captains in 1966, mm. okay? So I don't understand where that where, where that came from at all. The the premise of it was ridiculous. The acting piece of it was, um, I thought, you know, by, by William Shatner, probably as, as good as you could do for what he was given, uh, but it, it was just hard to watch. Dark Page on the other on the other side of it, I thought was a brilliant episode. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I think that, you know, uh, Lakswana, is that, did I say it right? Lakswana? Lakswana. Lakswana, <laughs> I always get it wrong. But uh, Mrs. Troy, um, you know, she she always uh, brought a, a sense of, of of levity, and I thought she her character was great because she took sometimes uh, she she took a very serious team at times and made it things fun. And in this case, when they spun it around, 
it was just really emotional and i and i thought she did a, a brilliant job it wasn't until this character was created by the way that i had any idea that uh, that, that majel could really act right i i mean her a lot of the other episodes and shows that she did in tos and in the movies were very very small and, and you really couldn't get a feel this character to me just showed that this this woman had talent and a great range and this episode, I think, exemplified that. I, I really like Dark Page. All right, a clean sweep for Dark Page across the board for for TNG. So yeah, that wasn't a fair. <laughs> yeah, some, some of these matchups make it very questionable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that that the the dichotomy there is it's 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 grand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so moving on to our next round, number fifteen, Requiem for Methuselah versus Inheritance. Uh, Requiem for Methuselah is the episode where uh, we meet Flint who it turns out to, he was Michelangelo, he was Brahms, he was this, this immortal character, a uh, mortal person on earth uh, who has uh, tried to build an android mate for himself who can live as long as he does. And to awaken emotion in her, he uh, exposes her to Captain Kirk. Hopefully his, his, his charm can uh, expose, and uh, uh, um, uh, what I'm looking for, what is the term? Spark. There we go. Spark emotion and, and, and his Android creation. He did not have it to that point. Uh, interestingly, interestingly enough, Inheritance is about Data's mother, uh, so to speak, uh, who turns out to be an Android created by Dr. Soong, but it is perfect in every way and indistinguishable from, from uh, a, a human. And that's revealed over the course of the episode. And we get a lot of more backstory into Data's history as well. So we got a couple of... Uh, Android episodes going on here against each other. Ken, what is your pick between these two? This was a, this is a tough one. I, I, I like them both. And that's, that's kind of what makes it difficult for me. Um, Requiem at the time, again, you know, this, a lot of it comes back to your first emotions when, when you watch something. And I thought the cleverness of Requiem where Flint goes you know, 6,000 years old, if I remember correctly, and was all these different people and the kind of unraveling that mystery and what he was trying to do. I was very Shakespearean. And um, and you know, sad and and I don't know. I, I I thought it was it was really well done. And then with inheritance, it just took us down a path again um, with you know, kind of the shock, you know, um, another android. And and I think that's been played before, but they but they actually did it pretty well. So it's it's a tough one for me. I I guess the only thing I can say is that the the plot line with Flint was that was just that much more clever. And that puts it slightly ahead, so I'll go with Requiem. All right. As for me, this is this is the toughest one of this entire of this entire mm. round so far because I, I really like Requiem from Methuselah. I think it's one of the underrated, overlooked episodes of, of TOS in general, but especially the third season. And uh, it's actually one of the episodes, one of the I guess I want to say most recent episodes I saw. Like it's one of the last new episodes of TOS I saw, so it has a a fresher impression on me than the rest that I watch over and over and over over the years. Um, Inheritance, I like a lot. It's actually one of my, of all the family reunion episodes. That's like probably my favorite um, because I, just, I love Data. And whenever we can expand his story and his, his, you know, he, he has a great dilemma in that episode. It's like, well, I can tell her that she's an android and that I won't be alone in the galaxy, but then it's going to end her life as she knows it and she'll shut down and I'll rob her of what I want, which is to be human. I'm like, oh, that's a great plot too. Uh, but reckoning from Methuselah, it's it's uh, there is some criticism there because you know how does Kurt fall in love with this woman for a day? 
But if Flint is, you know, thousands of years old, he understands, you know, human relationships. So he can create a perfect woman where Kirk can fall in love with her that way. Plus you have the whole Rigelian fever going on. So I can say maybe he's under the effects of that. So yeah, much like I can, just for the like, kind of the originality of it, I, uh, I'm going to go with Reckoning for Methuselah by, by, by a hair because I, I love both these episodes, but I'm going with TOS on this one. So Justin, what's your take on these two episodes? Yeah, so Inheritance is an episode that I that I really love. Um, you know, I, I love that you're seeing your I know we see a lot of Data's family, but but rounding it out with seeing his, you know, quote unquote mother, <laughs> um, and she's really an android and they're I think it is a little creepy that Noonien Sung has created this android just to be his wife and replace his dead wife, but setting that aside, I think it is really interesting and as you said, Zach, the dilemma that he has about what to tell her uh, is very interesting. So I, I enjoyed the episode you know, a, a lot even on, on rewatches. Uh, for Requiem for Methuselah, I think there is, I mean, Flint is a very interesting character. He's lived thousands of years, he can't die, and he's gone through and been this creative force at different points in history. I think that's a really cool idea. But the execution of the episode itself, it feels kind of slow to me, and honestly, I do get a bit bored at times as they're kind of stringing it, it along. Uh, so I'm gonna have to go with uh, Inheritance on this one. Alrighty, Justin. Thank you. Richard, what's your vote? I absolutely love uh, data stories and I will have to go with inheritance because <laughs> I mean, especially when you, uh, so compared to like Requiem, uh, I, I thought Requiem was a, it was, it wasn't, it, it was, it's probably closer to more of the bottom in the, in the middle bottom, but like, I mean, it wasn't terrible. Um, I, I don't have to agree with Justin on that. It was a little slow, but I mean, it's just not, it, it just when you're comparing it to in like inheritance it, it's just it's not as interesting i guess is is, is how I'm, I'm trying to put it so yeah mm -hmm. all right amy well we have two votes for requiem two votes for inheritance you are the swing vote that's exciting well uh what's your take i definitely have listened to what you both have said about requiem and Although you do make good points, I still have to go with inheritance. I just, and again, I think in this scenario, it just goes that that's the original series. Sometimes I just don't relate as well. And it is a good story, but like I just, TNG just pulls me more into sure the episode then tos does so in this case i will have to go with inheritance all right well we, we voted down the party line on that one guys <laughs> but uh, uh for <laughs> once, actually yeah actually yeah well it'd be interesting to look back at all, all the specifics but i think that might be the first time uh, yeah. that happened uh, but uh yeah that, that was that was a tough one because I, I really do love both those episodes but inheritance wins the day tng wins the round um moving on to round 14 uh, Spectre the Gun versus Genesis. Uh, Spectre the Gun, uh, the crew encounters the uh, Malkotians who uh, don't want to interact with the Federation, although they're in a mission to make contact. So they, they send them to the OK Corral in the Old West uh, with incomplete buildings because they have incomplete knowledge of our history, which is, you can either think that is a ridiculously cheap uh, production tactic or a very clever writing tactic to, to explain the cheap production costs that they have. Uh, uh, mileage may vary on that, but uh, then they reenact the Battle of the OK Corral, so uh, which is a famous American, uh, f famous uh, moment in American history. Uh, Genesis is the episode where uh, 
Barkley has a virus. Crusher treats it incorrectly and turns the crew into unevolved uh, animals, like spiders and lizards and fish people and all that stuff. Uh, Yeah, it's all basically... That's why you don't let freaking uh, Crusher treat you. (laughs) That's why Pulaski's better than Crusher. Pulaski never turned anyone (laughs) into a fish. Uh, (laughs) Oops, I tried to turn on one gene and turned all the dormant genes (laughs) on. Could you, could you be a little more careful yeah, when you're doing like, that? It's like, big it's like she spilled water on the on the sample or something like that. <laughs> well, it's the only one we got. We got to go with it. So uh, that's Spectre Gun versus Genesis. Amy, the first vote comes to you. Which you okay, well, I don't send the hate mail. I fell asleep, Spectre of the Gun, three <laughs> oh. times. I could not get through it. So I cannot vote for it if it's boring me to death. <laughs> I just can't. And Genesis with the amazing makeup artists that were there and the story. Yeah. A little weird. As you say, Crusher sort of makes a mistake. Oops. Um, But like to see our crew revert into these crazy, you know, Troy goes to this amphibian and Troy and Worf is, you know, hunting her out and, Barkley into the spider like the makeup and the the acting that was done there I just I really enjoy Genesis so that is my vote Alrighty, Amy thank you Richard what's your vote so um first off I want to say Zach thank you for ruining uh the half sets and everything and like because <laughs> like, uh, I was like I was like when I was watching it um, back a while, I absolutely... Okay, so I love this episode, FYI, Spectre of the Gun. Um, and mostly because it's the West and they're in, you know, they're in this setting uh, trying to figure out what's going on. And I was, like, thinking through... When I was watching the episode today, it was, like, when I was a kid, I was, like, I used to think of it as, like, oh, is that how they see... Obviously, they see it, yeah. Um, is this how they see it as, um, uh, like, partial buildings or, or, or whatnot? So, um, but, like... Spectre of the Gun is one of my favorite uh, episodes of TOS, and Genesis scares the crap out of me, or at least it did when it uh, did when I was a kid, <laughs> especially when Barkley comes up as a spider. So, oh, yes. Spectre of the Gun <laughs> for me. Alrighty, Justin, what's your pick? All right, so I, I was rewatching Genesis um, earlier today, and I don't like Genesis at all. Sorry, Amy, because like, okay, so first of all, this whole de-evolving concept, which we've seen a few other parts in Star Trek, it makes no scientific sense at all. And I don't think it should be there at all. It's, I mean, they have to come up with this ridiculous explanation, like, oh, it's expressing some things in these introns that have been dormant for a while. And I, I don't know, then why should Barclay be a spider and other people should be hominids? Anyway, so there's just some, and, and I found myself when I was watching it earlier today, you're supposed to be kind of frightened by it, but I was just laughing hysterically because it's so ridiculous. So it's unfortunately one of those TNG episodes I just can't get into. Now, Spectre of the Gun, um, I, I wasn't quite sure about it, you know, the first time that I saw it, but in rewatching it, I, I really appreciated some of the elements, the interaction with Kirk, Spock, and McCoy trying to figure things out, take things step by step. And usually I'm not that into, you know, kind of Western settings, but I thought this way of, of testing them was, was very interesting. And I actually enjoyed it quite a bit. So I'm going to have to go with uh, Spectre of the Gun. All righty. So for me, I love Genesis. Brandon Bracker, crazy script. Uh, saw it when I was a kid, was very scared by it. 
the jump scare with Barkley as a spider, like ugh, terrifying. Uh, and then also with Worf, you know, like Monster Worf banging at the door and getting like I was really like worried about Picard. Like, oh man, he's gonna get him! Like he's coming toward him with the turbo lift, and like he he has to shock it a couple times because it doesn't, you know, it's just it doesn't work. And it's it's uh, great moments in this episode. And then one of these, and, and this happens sometimes, and it's kind of like timescape or like people leave and they come back and like the ship has gone to hell. Like what? I leave for like a day, you know, and the ship goes completely out of control. I was, what does Picard think, right? But uh, I, it's, you know, Picard and Data uh, saving the day, a little preview for what we're going to get in the movies, I guess. But uh, I, I, I guess, is, is it a guilty pleasure? I don't know, but I really enjoy Genesis. Uh, I have to vote for it. Spectre of the Gun, a solid third season episode. And I got to go with TNG's Genesis. So kid, you get a swing vote now, my friend. Which of these two are you picking? Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting as I've been listening to, to this discussion, but thinking about how people view things and, you know, that um, Amy obviously, you know, is up really late partying all the time and can't watch good television. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just having fun, Amy. But, you know, when you try to compare, it's just, it's just interesting, right? When you try to compare the two shows one-on-one, and you take Spectre of the Gun, which is, I thought, a very clever plot, a very clever premise. They had no money. The network was trying to tear them down at that part. Every episode was like they were taking more and more out, and the show had to become more and more creative. That's one element. And then, you know, I always remember Genesis, too, with everything spinning, and they have to align in order to get on the ship. And I thought the effects were really good. And it's like, so you're taking modern, somewhat modern production with incredible special effects and makeup and all this other stuff versus a show that is, they, they were just going down two total different directions at that time. And I, I thought Genesis was, was okay. I, I, you know, the whole T cell thing. And I, 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 I was like you, Justin, I, I had, I guess, cause it's a weird episode. I had a tough time getting my arms around it. What I kind of went down to was how did they both end? I thought the end of Genesis was very easy for a very complicated situation. And I thought that the specter of the gun was much more clever in, in how they resolve the issue. So that's how I'm going with Spectre. Yeah, actually, it's something that uh, you guys had brought up as, uh, you know, we're, we're giving Crusher a lot of, a lot of flack here, but Gates McFadden actually directed. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only one she directed. Uh, yeah, and you know, and she's you know, big into th- that's a clever, that's a difficult episode oh, to direct, sure, yeah, sure. yeah, even though she, yeah, her character did a dopey thing, but <laughs> it was like so, all well, it, it was a and it, it was ex- it executed well. We've been using that term lately, yeah, and, you know, and, and it, well, that scene with Worf as the palace, she's like, Let me open your mouth, and she gets acid in the face, like, Oh my god, we take one for the team there, but uh, yeah, you know, it's in uh, Gacy McFadden was you know, she's in the theater and all that stuff, and. It would have been great to see her direct more episodes. Yeah, and just to be so. clear, I'm, I'm not saying it's the only one she directed because I think she did a bad job. I think she did a great job. It's just very, very end she of did, TNG's yeah. run, so there wasn't much of a chance. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. So, uh, but yeah, I just wanted to definitely mention that uh, bit of trivia since we're giving Crusher just a hard time. Love Gage McFadden. Crusher underserved his character, but she's great. Yeah, so. I wonder what Cru- Crusher uh, de-evolved into. Hmm. Just some, something that healed her acid face, I hope, because <laughs> they didn't really kind of brush over in, that. Put her in stasis. We don't. We can't put her in makeup because she's got to direct the rest of it. <laughs> yeah. Sure, yeah, that, that, that's funny. Like when when actors actually direct episodes, if you notice, like their role is kind of like in the with Austin, a few right? exceptions. Like Far Beyond the Stars is one that Avery Brooks directed. And he's very involved mm-hmm. in that one. Yep, mm, that's true. So. That's true. With ex- there are exceptions, but yeah, most and, of the time, uh, yeah. 
they're all they're often like, oh, well, Commander Riker is off at so and so, but he'll be back for his scene, you know, because he's contractually obligated to appear. But anyway, uh, good conversation there, guys. Like, good, great points all around. And a TOS takes the round, which is nice to see because we were on a tough streak there on the standard. Ooh, yeah, yeah. So pulling into the station here, uh, round 13, we got a land of Troyes and Firstborn. And so a land of Troyes is basically taming the shrew in space uh, mm-hmm. or uh, the perfect mate for you TNG guys out there just on, on TOS. Mm. Uh, it's a, they're, they're ferrying a, uh, well, a, a bride to be. Uh, from one planet to another to uh, end a war. And of course, you know, Kirk and, and her have a connection and they fall in love and all this stuff. So there's drama Klingon show up. So that it's, it's an eventual journey from one planet to the other for the Enterprise. And then on Firstborn, not to be confused with Bloodlines, uh, this is the episode where Alexander from the future comes and tries to, you know, warrior himself up as a child so he can... <laughs> prevent war from being killed later on in life he feels like he'd been a better klingon uh he could have uh, protected his father and prevented his death and uh actually uh old alexander here played by james sloyan i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right but uh he plays dr mora on ds9 he played admiral jerrock in the defector so he's he's one of those faces kind of like marco Lamo. he plays a lot of aliens that are familiar faces on star trek so so uh kid first vote to you which are you ready for yeah, uh, thanks, Zach. Both both episodes were were okay. Again, I think my my bias towards um, not enjoying the time travel aspects of things and people going back in time trying to do you know trying to change things or whatever. I I don't like it because it opens the door to too many other things that people could do to mess things up. And um, I. I, I I can't say I dislike the episode. It's just not my genre. It's just not something I enjoy. Alana Troyes, on the other hand, for me, I always enjoyed that episode because it had a lot of action. It wasn't that Kirk fell in love. She had these tears that had the, you know, this chemical that, that messed with it. I thought the ambassador who was trying to work with her and, you know, he gets stabbed and all these things. And then there was a, a pretty famous line that's probably not very politically correct now about um, Vulcan women uh, that I thought was... Um, absolutely hilarious in terms of how Kirk was delivering it to Spock. At any rate, uh, for me, it's a line of choice. All right. As for me revisiting these episodes, uh, actually revisiting when I revisited them from, from there to here, uh, I was actually very surprised how much I liked Firstborn. Uh, I, it kind of got lost in the shuffle for me for season seven of TNG. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that's, there's a, I remembered it was like time travel Alexander. That's, that's the only kind of plot point I remembered, but uh, you know, I really enjoyed it. I feel like they, they were tying together, Lots of plot threads from TNG and at the end, like, okay, well, Worf has this son. Sometimes we acknowledge him, sometimes we don't. Let's make sure that we address this before the series is over. And I felt like this was a very important step for for their characters. Um, and it uh, the only the only kind of nitpick would be like, Worf figures out who he is, tells him to go back where he came from. He's like, okay, he just leaves. I'm like, that's it. Like, <laughs> there's no the like. Future Alexander has like a time pod or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, well, I'll go back now. Like, oh, oh, all right, <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, yeah, and, and and it's kind of weird too, isn't it? In DS Nine, when Alexander does come back, and he's yeah. you know he's in he's a complete buffoon on the show. It's like this this episode had no it doesn't really track. Well, he that hasn't gotten there yet. That'll take uh, another twenty years. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, F- fair enough. Fair enough. Atlanta yeah. Troy is, you know, okay. Uh, not one of the episodes like was in my regular rotation when I rewatch it. Uh, so these are just both kind of average episodes of Star Trek to me, and and just just I. 
I guess my my surprise of rediscovering enjoying Firstborn is kind of kind of put that one over the edge for me. So I'm going I'm going TNG. I'm going Firstborn with this this round. Uh, Justin, who are you voting for? Well, uh, like you, Zach, I, I actually really like Firstborn. I think there's interesting stuff when you see the Klingon festival, the Klingon rituals, and that this future Alexander is trying to set things right. But in the end, just by Worf realizing what he's doing, uh, he might uh, you know, do things better in the future. And actually, maybe toward the end, he's a better father for it. So I, I like that ep- the episode a lot. Now, Alan of, of Troyes... So the interesting thing, I, like I actually, I was rewatching it and I had to stop watching it after a while because I get very upset about some of the things that happen in that episode because like th- there's this, this woman who has some kind of power on her planet and I get the sense that, that someone has made this deal to force her to marry someone on a different planet with a different culture and I think she's understandably very angry about it but everyone's trying to civilize her and change her into something else and at one point, Kirk threatens to spank her because she's a spoiled brat. I mean, I think that's like totally like way out of line for for anything Kirk should be doing. And I actually get upset at a lot of parts of the episode. There's some good parts to it, but I really have a lot of trouble with with Alana of of, of Troyes as as an episode. So I'm definitely going to have to vote for Firstborn. All righty, Richard, what's your take? I like Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> I like the, uh, uh, is it Elaine? Is that, is that Alan, Elon? Thank you. Alan. I like Elon of uh, Troyes. And it's, uh, you know, I honestly, I forgot about it until Ken started talking about her teardrops and everything. And I'm like, oh man, now it all brought, brings it back. Cause I actually almost forgot about it. Now it all, now it's all back and everything. And I really like it. It's, um, it, it's, you know, when I watched, when I watched TOS, I definitely think of this episode, um, but you know, um, I really like the Klingon, uh, uh, like storylines and everything. And I absolutely love that we get to see more cultures or, or culture stuff, uh, within the Klingon empire. So I'm going to have to go with firstborn. That was a, that was a weird left turn you took in that statement, but, uh, I think I found <laughs> at least, he's, he's at least I didn't say, I hate this one. However, <laughs> I love this episode, all this, but I also like this. So this episode. I do. I like <laughs> both of them. They're really good episodes. It's just, I like free enough, first one more. Yeah. Fair enough. They are good episodes. Uh, so Amy, well, I'm book? going with Elon just because I don't like firstborn and I don't like <laughs> the, uh, the way that Alexander comes back, and and I know it's an interesting concept that it's like, well, you know, if you could go back and tell yourself, you know, what would you change? I just, it doesn't make sense to me, and I don't like, like you said, the way how it ends. So I will also put my vote for Elon. Alrighty. So TNG wins that round, three to two. So let's do the, uh, so we, we have concluded, uh, you know, Bracket one, or whatever you want to call it, of uh, our uh, Trek Madness here, rounds twenty-four to thirteen. Looking at the uh, spreadsheet, Ken, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little concerned about our chances. Kind of, kind of adds up to where you voted there, Zach. Are you saying this is my fault? No, not at all. Hey, you know, listen, this is this is great. I, I, um, I don't care who wins. I just love having this this discussion. 
And, you know, to me, it's, it's interesting. Like, again, just, just listening to the different points of view to me, to me, that's what makes Star Trek interesting. And when I hear Justin and, and, and Amy and Richard talk, because we talk all the time about things, I find it interesting. I also see that there is, you know, a difference in watching and knowing TOS from the very beginning and, and really appreciating the timelines and how things were. To looking at it today through that through through a newer lens, a, a better lens, I think in many cases, and saying, "Hey, that that really bothers me," um, and and it and it should, but I don't punish TOS for it because that was what it was like 50 years ago, uh, in in the in the differences that we're we're seeing. But I get it; I completely get it, and I completely understand it. And to me, it, it just makes me think a little bit more. And that's what this is all about. It's it's fun. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really glad that uh, this whole concept that, that I think was mostly, um, you know, Amy and, and you guys on, on, on the TNG, you guys came up with this whole, this whole idea. And I, I really do appreciate it. It's been fun. I, yeah, it's, this TNG winning surprised me. Not really. Um, but I, uh, I, I am loving it. So yeah, no, I can't wait for the next it was, one. It was fun to, uh, it's definitely fun to talk about this stuff and kind of make this an excuse. This framework is an excuse for us to just kind of talk Star Trek <laughs> back and forth, uh, all five of us. And uh, it's, uh, I, I did, I ran some, you know, I ran some projections before we kind of got into this because, you know, just out of curiosity, like, does TOS even have a chance to win this? And uh, I didn't rank them this way. So I kind of, I, I feel like it bounced out a little better and I just kind of listed the episodes off. But uh, it's, 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 it's tough to see which, what these matchups are. If these matchups have been a little different, who knows what the, what the result would have been. But like Ken said, it's not about like what's winning and losing. It's just, it's fun to hear because he's right. Him and I talk about this stuff all the time. To hear you guys talk specifically about these episodes, it's, it's interesting to get more, more takes on it from, uh, from y'all, whose opinions we respect and appreciate. So it's, 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 it's a lot of fun going back and forth on this, and I'm looking forward to part Wait two. Wait a minute, uh, Zach. Are you saying day. since I put the list together that I skewed it for TNG's favor? No, no. Jim Morehouse <laughs> no, no. Trek Ranks has skewed it. <laughs> I blame Jim Morehouse and Trek Ranks. No, no, no. All I, all I did when I was looking at it was I, uh, I kind of just put them in order from, like, first episode to last episode. I was like, oh, that one's better than that one. That was better than that one. I felt like it was kind of somewhere in the middle. So that no, that's, <laughs> that's a, it's not rigged, guys. I, not, that's not my concern. So no, it's, uh, it's just a framework uh, for discussion, and we've had some very interesting discussions about all. Uh, of these yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. It's been great. It's been great. Yeah. I, I I love this. I, I love like as I hit it right on the head. Getting different points of view on TOS episodes is one thing. Um, and hopefully it, it's interesting from the TNG perspective, but we'll talk about that more on your yes. show, won't we? Yes, we yes. will. That's right. So before we sign off for today, guys, uh, Amy, where can people find you outside of uh, this podcast? Well, you can find me here on the network. I co-host The Edge with Brandon Shea Mutella. And you can find me on Twitter at Miss Amy Nelson, where I'm tweeting a little bit more about Star Trek and the things I'm doing there. But my favorite place is definitely on the Babel Conference. Uh, it's our listeners group on Facebook. All right, Justin, what about you? Well, besides finding me elsewhere on the network co-hosting uh, Earl Grey with Amy and Richard, uh, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at TrekFan4747, and I tweet about nothing but Star Trek, uh, currently tweeting out my Season 5 rewatch of The Next Generation. And you can also find me hanging around the Babel Conference on Facebook. All right, Richard, what about you, man? Well, uh, when I'm not training my dog, uh, I, I am also with my training. You have a different <laughs> word for training than we do, huh? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, we'll get back to that. 
But, like, uh, you guys can find me in uh, the Babel Conference. I'll pop in here and there. And um, little to none, I, I try to be on Twitter, and my handle is xransome. Yeah. <laughs> on Twitter, yeah. Alrighty, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for uh, being part of Standard Orbit today. And we're looking forward to being on uh, Earl Grey with you all tomorrow. Uh, but until then, TOS Season 3 versus TNG Season 7 isn't the only thing that's being talked about on the network. Here's a quick look at what else you might have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. Previously on Trek.FM, The Ready Room. I should have had my mom buy me everything because now it would be worth the time, like the goofy Spock helmet. But I remember hooting <laughs> at those things back in the day. <laughs> You know, like, they think we're just stupid. That wasn't in the show. You don't have... A real phaser wouldn't say Star Trek on the side of it. Standard Orbit. I cannot find anybody in print saying, We're going to the Standard Enterprise Delta to honor the Enterprise as being the first ship of the constellation, you know, the first of the five-year mission ships to come back relatively intact with its crew and ship intact. And it was not a... Some fan did not just say this. Somebody in the production somewhere and someday by god i will find where this came from because like we didn't all have this mass group hallucination about it somebody put out, felt the need to say everybody's wearing an enterprise patch now so you know that's past us to the journey so if we're gonna have a more vulcan like tom in tuvom presumably tuvom would have to meditate and he would have to go somewhere to meditate i'm thinking he wouldn't just go to his quarters to meditate with candles like tuvok does or he wouldn't go sit on some rocks on a planet somewhere he would go in the holodeck and lock himself in his camaro and meditate with the radio on what would be playing on the radio vulcan opera (laughs) (laughs) that sounds horrible warp five Shows the gestation of the Borg from their first cube and the diamond ships. (laughs) Just transwarp conduits. Floating on the ocean. (laughs) (laughs) Little Borg spacemen. Yep. Before they were fully immune to the outside uh, elements, so they had little space helmets, Borg space helmets. Mm -hmm. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they are published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Speaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps, and you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link as well. If you'd like to help us keep all our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron of the network on Patreon. Visit Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash TrekFM to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and more available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. It requires a great deal of money to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month, so we really appreciate any support you can give us and hope you'll join the team. Again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. We also want to thank very, very much our, our esteemed associate producers, Norman C. Lau, Nicholas Anastasio, Tim Robertson, Richard Marquez, Corey Elrod, and Dan Rhodes. 
So Norm, Nick, Tim, Richard, Corey, and Dan, thank you from the bottom of our hearts. It means as much as we can, can possibly tell you, uh, the world to us, that, that you've agreed to sign on and help keep Standard Orbit alive and well. Yes, thank you so much, guys. We really do appreciate all your contributions. So we'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join in the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send to a show and select Standard Orbit. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. As for us personally... You can find me on Twitter at MoronZach, that's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-A-C-H. And I'm also the host of my own show called Always Hold On to Smallville, where we talk about each and every episode of that young Superman show. You can find us on Twitter at AlwaysMallville with one S. What about you, Ken? Hey, you can find me on Twitter as well at Boston, S-C-P-O, stands for at Boston Senior Chief Petty Officer. And I'm also on the Babel Conference whenever I can be engaging and trying to add, you know, a lot of good provocative suggestions to our other shows but anyway we look forward to seeing you on the babel conference and responding back and forth on this show as well all right well that's going to do it for us this week but stay tuned next time for another edition of standard orbit <laughs>